Shalom Aleichem, everybody. This is almost 4 o'clock on Wednesday. 4.08 on Wednesday. Shalom Aleichem, everybody. You're listening to your host, Rabbi Yosef Chaim Schwab, here in the studio of uh, J Root Radio. The best program is 4 o'clock on Wednesday. It is called Gigantic Little Secrets of the Torah. Niflos HaTorah. And did everybody have a wonderful Shavuos last week? We couldn't have been on last Wednesday, 6-4-14, because that was Shavuos. So we're on today, 6-11-14, a week after Shavuos. Everyone had a wonderful Shavuos? A yom, a yom of Kabbalah HaTorah and Matan Torah? You know the difference. We spoke about that. Well, it's about 3,326 Shavuos already we had since the first Shavuos in the Midbar in the year 2448, now 5774. Is everybody ready for the program this today and the parasha of Shalach? Shalach is about the Meraglim, Rabbi Sai, long parasha about the Meraglim. Maybe half the parsha is all about Meraglim. Could I ask you a bombakasha? Why isn't the word Meraglim found in this parsha of Meraglim? Never even one word of the word Meraglim. Oh, the Gemara Rashi, the Torah doesn't use the word Meraglim. Could there be a reason for this? And in Parsha Soto a few weeks ago, there's no word Soto in Nosso. That was a few weeks ago. Hmm. And how come there's no word of Shemitah in the Parsha of Shemitah? Isn't that strange? Well, this Shir Shidur Chai, this living program, is for thinking people. All of you listening to me must be thinkers. Otherwise, you would have turned me off as soon as I came on because it's only for people whose brain works very good, you know? Your brain is like a parachute. It doesn't work unless it's open. So, we're now in the parish of Shalach. Shalach Lechon Hashem, send away men. So there were 12 Meraglim. Who were the two people that were not Rishoyim, who didn't turn against Hashem? The other 10 said Lashon Hara. Who were the two that did not talk Lashon Hara? And do you know that the letter Shin Lamed Ches, to send away in Gematria is 338. So you say, yeah, so, so what, so what, yeah, so, so, so. Do you know we were sent away from Eretz Yisrael, all of us, in the year 338? 3,338, that was Churban Bias Rishon. Woo! Interesting, built into the word Shalach. Yeah, you send them Raglan, but... Years later, about 440, 890 years later, they were sent out of the country in the year 3338. That's right. 3338, 30, correct. Korban Bayt Rishon in the year Shalak Shin Lamaches, 3338. How do you figure? 40 years in the Midbar, then 440 years till it's built, and then it lasted for 410 years. That's about 890. Almost a thousand years later, they were sent down on that same date. Now, let me ask you a question. Shalach, Korach, and Chukas all have a ches in it. And it's all about ches, chote, a person who's a Baal Avera. Shalach, there were these people who were Rishoyim, chotim. Korach is a Rasha, he's a chote. And Chukas, you're a chote if you eat Kachim while you're tummy, you don't have the water of the paraduma sprinkled on you. Or if you come into the base of Migdash, you're tummy. You're a chota, sinner. Korach is a rasha, because ches is chota. Shalach, they were all Rishwayim, the ten of the twelve. And chukas, you're uh, doing a big chet if you touch anything kodesh and you're tummy. Do you know that uh, the, 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 the Meraglim didn't learn from Miriam? That's what the, ver- the first Rashi says. These Rishoyim should have learned from Miriam. She, she spoke Lashon Hara, and she was punished. So why didn't these Rishoyim learn from her? Huh? Miriam spoke Lashon Hara against her brother. 
and the Meraglim spoke Lashon against Eretz Yisrael. How come they didn't learn? Rashi says, "Shoyim Halalu." They didn't learn any Musar. Do you know that Miriam spoke Lashon Hara and before her in Baloscha there was another story right before Miriam. The people spoke Lashon Hara against the Mon. Misoninim. They were unhappy with the mun. They called it rotten, lousy food. Lechem haklokel. This nothing food. So the misoninim were com- said Lashon Horam. Then comes Miriam Lashon Horam. Then comes Miraglim Lashon Horam. And next week is Korach Lashon Horam against Moshe. And after that, Balak Lashon Horam against the Jewish people wanted to curse them. So we have Shlach Korach Hukas. The traveling Ches. The Ches moves. Then we had Korach Hukas Bolach, the traveling Kuf. Korach was a, made a klolo on himself and 250 people. And Hukas, you have a klolo on you, Kuf. If you eat Kachim and you're not Tahar. Hukas talks about the Paraduma. And Balak wanted to curse the whole Jewish people. So here you have three Cheses and three Kufs. You know what Ches and Kuf together is? 108. That's right. Gehenna is 108. You want to go to Gehenna, be a chote, and bring a klal on klal Yisrael. That's right. So we took care of that. I am going to open up the phones before I ask you any more questions about, well, I asked you about Meraglim. How come you don't have the word Meraglim in the Pasha Meraglim? And how come all the Meraglim, one man from every shavit, except nobody from the shavit of Levi? How come? And how come Moshe gave Yoshua a bracha from Hoshea to Yehoshua? Why didn't he give Kalev a bracha? You know, they didn't say one lie. They said everything true. Giants, look what they eat. The land is flowing with milk and honey. They never said one lie. And listen, Rabbi Yisrael, if they said Lashon Hurrah, why didn't they get Saras? And next week, Korach, why didn't he get Saras talking against Moshe? What kind of punishment did the Miraglim get? Were their feet broken because they traveled for 40 days and they brought back a bad report? Did he get Saras? Did they go blind? Could they stop talking? What is the punishment the Miraglim got? How tall were those Anakim? Ten feet? Hundred feet? Thousand feet? Fifty feet? We know exactly how big they were. Then they said, let's get rid of Moshe. Nitnu Rosh. Let's put another leader. Why didn't they say Nitnu Melech? Ooh. And how much did that Eshkol Anavim weigh? I want to tell you something, Rabbi Yisai, that weighed one bunch. I can tell you exactly how much it weighed. A little bit less than a thousand pounds. One bunch. Had to be carried by eight people. Now I'm going to open the phones, and I'm going to tell you what number to call. Because you don't know what number to call until I tell you. Okay, you have to call... You ready? You're going to have to call our number over here. What number is that? You all know that. 718-683-5858. A live feed to the studio, 718-683-5858, or online, jrootradio.com. You can hear us all over. When people you go into stores, people have their computer on. And uh, live feed here, 718-683-5858. And um, the hotline, if you don't have a computer and no um, so, then listen to our hotline, 712 You can't talk to me, but you can listen. 712-432-4217. 712-432-4217. Or the other hotline, 718-506-9099. And uh, are we all ready, you think? You're listening to Gigantic Little Secrets of the Torah with your host, Yosef Schwab. Are you ready to answer some of these questions? Uh-huh. Everybody's ready? Can I tell you the, uh, the telephone number in Bukharian? Okay, I'll tell you. Even in, um, even in Russian. 
Everybody having a good day? Dobro Utra. Good morning, everybody. You waking up now? Dobro Utra. I'll tell you the number over here. Sheva Chad Shmoneh. Sheh Shmoneh Shalosh. Chameh Shmoneh, Chameh Shmoneh. 5858. You know the rest of that. You know our number over here. It is 718-683-5858. Okay, Iran. Do we have any callers? Joe. Hello. Shalom, shalom. Shalom. Shalom, Joe. This is Joe. Shalom to you. Hello, shalom to you, Joe. Where are you calling from? What can you um? Can you explain to me? I'm a Christian believer. Yeah. And I just want to like to know thoughts on that. Uh, what explanation of what? Thoughts on Jesus being the Messiah. Uh, okay, cut. Who do we have now? Who? No, Chatoch. Bill, B-I-L-L. Hello? Yeah, what's your name? Hello, Penina, Penina. Oh, Penina, go ahead, you're on the air. I have the answer for Yahshua, why Moshe, why his name was changed. Because he helped the Miraglim. Yahshua's name was changed, why? Because he helped the Miraglim. He was good to the Miraglim. How do you know that? That. He did not agree with the Miraglim, so how could you uh, give him a bracha? Because, uh, because the Miraglim, when they went into Israel, he helped them. No, it says he was against them. He was against them, but he then was... he helped. Hello? No, they were Rishoyim, he was a Tzadik. You asked the question. What was the question? One second. Uh, why, what was the, the question was, why did Moshe give Yeshua a bracha and not Kalev? No, but did you ask the question differently. You asked the question, why did Moshe give, uh, why was Yeshua's changed from Yeshua to Yeshua, right? No, I never because said that. You made that up just now. I said, I why was his name changed? Okay, next caller, please. Moshe, you're on the air, Moshe. Hi, I'd like to answer why he was changed to Yeshua, because Oida the Moedad, they were in the VM, and they said that he's going to, that Yeshua is going to bring in the Yidim and to show him up Moshe Rabbeinu. So why did he give him a... Yeshua was very upset about it. So why did Moshe give him a bracha? that's why Moshe Rabbeinu was scared that Yeshua is going to come back. And say bad about that Israel that Moshe Rabbeinu should stay longer with the Yidden in the Midbar. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu wants to make sure that he's going to stay kosher and he's going to say the truth about that Israel. Oh, you know he what? Listen, yeah. listen, uh, listen, Moshe. Very nice. So why didn't he give all the Maraglim a bracha? Why just Yeshua? Because Yeshua was the one who was supposed to bring the Yidden to Israel, and Moshe I know, but why did he want? Why did he want the other Yidden to go to Gehenna? Didn't he care? Why didn't he help everybody? That's the question, Moishi. Why, if it was a, a big Nisayon, if it's such a big Nisayon, good, give everyone a bracha. That's true. What is with Yoshua that he needed a bracha and Kalev didn't need it and the others didn't need it? He doesn't want anyone to be a Russia, so why didn't he give all of them a big bracha? Well, he had the biggest Nisayon. No, yeah, they all had the same design. They all follow the same stuff, same giants, everything. Moshe, I'm going to give you the answer. Yes. Only Yehoshua was Moshe's Talmud. He never disagreed with his Rebbe. He was a yes man. He said yes to everything Moshe said. Moshe was afraid that if the 11 or 10 would go against Hashem and the, to- and the trust that they can take the areas from, he may agree with them because he never in his life ever argued with Moshe. He was a yes he was man, a like we said. He not argue with anyone, so that's... No, he never argued with, with Moshe because he was Moshe's Talmud, and everything Moshe said was right, and he always agreed with Moshe. Maybe, maybe, maybe he would be weak and say, look, 11 against 1 or 10 against 1. I have to agree. He's the only one that needed a bracha because he was always trained to say yes to Moshe. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he was a little bit a little bit shy, because he would never go against Moshe. He's the only one who never could speak his mind, because everything he heard from Moshe was endless. Right. And therefore, he gave him a chizuk. Now, why didn't he give Kalev to? Answer, it doesn't have to. 
Kalev was a very tough guy. His name was Kalev because if you ever had a dog, a dog is very loyal to you. You can beat him and smack him. He'll never, never, never hurt you. Kalev, Kalev. That's why you call the dog Kalev. Kalev. He was totally loyal to Akadish Baruch Hashem knew this. And the other ones were all equal, tzaddikim in the beginning. Only Yeshua needed chizuk, because Moshe's, as you say, his right-hand man is yes man, who would, who would disagree with Moshe. So he was trained to agree. This is no good if you're a miracle. You've got to have your own mind. And he changed his name from Hoshea to Yehoshua. He put Hashem's name, Yud, Yud of Hashem, in front of his name. And... That's right. The others were equal. Why do? Why should he give an advantage to Yeshua? Why not the other people? He loved all Klal No, Yeshua didn't have an independent personality. That's why he needed Chizol. He's the one that needed it the most. So you understand? I know what you're saying. These can bring us into Eretz Yisrael. But but if but if everybody needs Chizol, why don't you give everybody a chance not to go down? You know, do these terrible affairs. Only Yeshua needed extra chizuk because he was Moshe's Talmud Muvog, and he never disabused with his Rebbe. I mean, you know, Moshe Abedi, you're not going to nice. fight with him. And you also asked a question about why does Rashi say that they didn't learn? Yeah, why didn't they learn from Miriam, right? Yeah, why didn't they learn from Miriam? Very good. Right, so I saw a very interesting answer because um, Moshe Rabbeinu was a person. Yeah. And she said Lashon Har on a person, while well, it's a throw is earth. It's earth. It's not Very good. Now you hit the head. Now you hit the nail on the head. Good. They thought, against the person we understand, against the land, mm, mm-hmm. it's not so bad. How come it was so bad then, if it was not so bad? How come it was terrible? Uh, they got that terrible... Maybe he was on us, and he was like, he treated himself like earth. Right. The Ish Moshe Anov Maod Mikol Adam Hashal Panei Hoa Domo. Eretz Yisrael is Kodesh. It's a Chefse Shel Kedusha, like the Chefse called Moshe Rabbeinu. Correct. That's not, no, no other country has Kedusha except Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, when you go to Israel now, come back two weeks later, or we, you can never, never, never say, I don't like it there. It's too hot, too cold. To de- Just say, I. I don't want to, I can't live there. Never talk a word bad about Eretz Yisrael. You can't say it's too hilly, it's too hot, too cold. Never say that. Say, I, I, it's difficult. I can, don't ever complain about Eretz Yisrael. It's also to do that. It's Eretz Kedosh. When you come to Eretz Yisrael, some people used to kiss the, kiss the ground. The trees of Kodesh are stuck to the ground. So, Moshe, that's the Kiddush that Torah tells you. Moshe is a Chesed Shal Kedusha, so is Eretz Yisrael. Very good, Moshe. You're a smart guy. What else do you want to say? Um, ask me another question if you don't have an answer. <laughs> okay. Why don't you have the word Moraglim in the Pasha of Moraglim? Never, don't have it one time even. There must be a reason why I totally left it out. Never do you find the word Moraglim in this Pasha. And it's the Pasha about Moraglim. Rashi says, and we know that. But why does the Torah tell you uh, that the Moraglim because left? Moraglim is only to spy on bad, I believe. And th- when they went, they didn't go for bad. They came back with bad. So the Torah didn't want to make a statement that they, that they did something bad before they did it. You know, Moshe, you're pretty good. Uh, however, Rashi says, in the first Rashi, they were showing before they left. Because they it's said... Yeah, it's a machlokas. No question. It's a machlokas. Some say at the moment when they left, before they got there, they were kosherim. But then they got there and they decided to talk bad because they saw those giants. It says sha'achas before they went, they were kosherim. Right, right. So let me tell you another, uh, another deher. Um, Let me tell you why. They, uh, Miraglim, you don't call them Miraglim. You know why? They didn't sneak around, at, like the Linaf Torah. Yeshua sends these two guys at night, sneak around, they hide under the hay there in Rachel's house. No, they went like regular people, like today. A, a spy looks like an American, but meanwhile, he's a spy. He's an undercover agent. Never did they sneak around. They dressed like the Kananim. They put on one of those turbans, whatever. They spoke Kanani. They were acting like a regular person. That's called a tourist. That's why it says La Sur. That's the art. They acted like a tourist. That's why they didn't act like Miraglim. In Joshua, they snuck around these two guys at night. Okay, that's a miracle. But these people were like, like it says in the passage, Lassur, that's not like the English word, like tourists. They didn't look, no, they were open. We call that in English undercover agent. You look just like a regular guy. Meanwhile, you're a spy. So that's why the Torah does not use the word Miraglim, because they didn't sneak around. And in the Pasha Sota, they never used the word Sota, because there never was a Sota. 
And in the patch of Shemitah, there's never the word Shemitah, because the word Shemitah is 354, and that's how many days there are in a year. And Hashem would only bring Shemitah on a year that has 12 months, not 13 months, only 354, not 384. That means he would never make the farmers suffer 13 months. 12 is enough. So Shemitah is exactly how many years there are in a year. If you take out the year, the 354, that's how many days there are in a and well, in our calendar, but in uh, you know, in the, in the sun calendar, three sixty-five. Okay, but from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah is three five four. So Hashem doesn't want to torture the farmers more than twelve months, not thirteen. Anyhow, my shit, it's a pleasure Very talking nice. to you. Thank you. You're a good, you're a smart guy. Thank you, Bye. Bye. Yep. Who's next? Hindi, go ahead. Go ahead, Hindi. You're on the air. Hi. How are you? Good Hindi. Hey, what's your baby saying? One minute. <laughs> Take okay, care sorry of your about baby. that. I picked her up. Okay. Yes, yeah, hi. Yeah. Yeah. What question would you like me to answer? I want to answer your answer. Uh, but I like that. Uh, uh, um, how, what punish? How come the Meraglim didn't get Lushen, a saras for their Lushen Hara. Oh, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Why didn't Korach get Lushen Hara for his? Okay, like, that one I don't know. Okay. That I'm not I'm sure gonna, about that. Uh, yeah, I can tell you another one. Tell me, um, why, which shavit is missing? Which Nasi from which shavit is missing amongst the Maragam? There's one shavit missing. Who is that? Um, from, uh, maybe from Levi or uh, the Kahanim? Right, like Levi. You know why Levi's missing? Because Hashem loves Levi. You know, Levi, <laughs> he uh, loves Cloud Israel. What? That's not the answer. He loves all Cloud Israel. But Levi, Hashem loves the most. No, he loves everybody equal. You can't, I would like to say yes, but I can't lie. Uh, he loves all Cloud Israel. Oh, hey, Vamo Yisrael. No, that's not. I can make you feel good, but, I, you know, Torah Zemis. Why didn't Levi have a Shliach? A, a Nazi, a Miracle one. Mm, let me think. Let me this, does this have anything to do with uh, that Hashem told uh, Aaron that um, he's going to have a better job than anybody else by lying the menorah? Is there any connection with that? No, I'm going to tell you, Hindi. Okay, please. Our Levy didn't get any real estate in Eretz Israel. They have no right. place. They don't own oh. an inch of the land. You know why? Because they work in the base uh-huh. of English. Right. That's they don't own any karaka. They don't own land. Why should he send anybody? Why should they oh, don't have any oh, land? Oh, I love that. That's right. You're right. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Now, another question. Um, why, okay, um, two, two, who were the two good stories in the te- Who were the two tzaddikim of the 12? There were two tzaddikim, the rest were Rishoyim. There were 12 yes. uh, Meraglim. Yes. Who were the so, two tzaddikim? So, uh, Kaleb and Yoshua. Kaleb and Yafuna and Yoshua, right. Right. So, so, so I just told the previous caller that he had to give a bracha to Yeshua. He didn't give right. a bracha to Kalev. How come? You right. heard it? You heard it. Right? I heard that, sure. All right. Now, by well, the Kalev real name of... Well, also went to Aras yeah. uh, to, to Davin to the... Uh, ah, to very the good. So, if you, know? you look... Well, you don't learn Gemara, but uh, you know the name Kalev and Yefune, that's not really his name. He really? changed it. His name was Kalev ben Chetzron. You know why the uh-huh. Torah put in the word Yefune? Because he was Pono, he turned away from the Miraglim. He knew oh. they were Rishayim. Mm-hmm. And so he went to the Kiver Ovos, and he lay down on the, uh, and flat out on, on the Kiver of, of Avram Yitzchak Yaakov and other Marishan there. And he prayed, he said, please help me. These guys have such a good argument. I, I, I don't think I can convince them. And when they came back to Miraglim, they didn't say one lie. They stared giants there, true. Look at this food they eat, yeah, true. And land flowing the milk and honey, true. And the big, big, powerful cities, yeah, true. They didn't say one single lie. Why were they punished if they didn't say one shekel? What's the Lushan Hara? <laughs> Here's the Anakim. Look at these grapes these guys eat. Yes, so, so that's a mess. And there were big, fortified cities. And so, you know, what's wrong with that? Why were they punished if they told the Emmas? I'm going to tell you, Indy. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Let me just think for one second. Why were they punished? Yeah, they said not uh, one lie. And look at these grapes and their okay, giants. Because that was not the instructions that Moshe gave them. He didn't say, go do this. Moshe went and said to him, I want to know if the cities are fortified. Oh, I want to know smart. about the fruits. You know, you know what, Hindi, you're saying? Are. 
Hindi, you're very smart. Emotion did not want an opinion. He wanted a report. Right, a report. I'm not, he said, I'm not, he's not interested in their opinion. What is the facts? That's all I want to know. Mm-hmm. And then they said, we are not able to conquer them. That's where the illusion are. Mm-hmm. God is not right. even able to get them out of there. Oh, that is your opinion. Therefore, you were punished. And all mm-hmm. the people start right. crying. And you know what night they were crying? Yes. Tishbov. And you know how you remember that? Oso uh, Halilo is nine letters. They're crying, call Oso Halilo, nine letters. That was the ninth day of love. Mm-hmm. Hashem said, you cry, Rashi brings it. You cry yes. about nothing? Do you, you think I can't I'll give you something that? to cry about. Right. Yes. I'm gonna, 980 years from now, I'm going to give mm-hmm. you something to cry about. Because 40 right. years in the Midborn, 440 years in Eretz Yisrael before they built the Bayez, then uh, 410 years the first Bayez, add all eight, 890 years. Then it was a Chorban. Took them almost a thousand years, then they got Tishabov. Which means you guys are crying for nothing. I'm going to give right. you something what to cry about one day. Mm-hmm. And Halalailo Hahu is exactly nine letters. And that's the night of Tishabov. Oh, India, wow. it's Lailo. a pleasure oh, talking oh, to you. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> India, it's a pleasure talking to you. A pleasure. I love it. Thank it's you great. so much. So much great. Bye bye. Thank you. Who's okay, next? Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Esther, you're on the air. Hi, can you please ask me a question? Sure. Um, how do you spell shalach? Shein lamet ches. Do you know what the gematria is? Um, Shein is 300. Right. Um, lamet La- is 30. Right. Ches is 8. All right, 338. So why do I have to ask you that? You know what a big secret is lying here? They sent the Malachim, uh, the Maraglim, yeah, in the Midbar. Do you know that in the year 338, we were sent out of the country? Beis was destroyed. The year 3338 was Hurban Bayez Rishon. How do you know that? Because this Tuesday, when they're in the Midbar, it was 2448. And you add 40 years in the Midbar, 440 years until they built the base of Migdash, 410 years of the base of Migdash, and you add it all up. Exactly three, 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 eight. That was when they were driven out of the country. So you see, right in the word is a secret. That's why I call my safer and my program gigantic little secrets of the Torah. Can you ask me, please, another question? Sure. I'm going to ask you a question. Um, how tall were the Miraglim, uh, the, 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 the Anakim, the giants? You won't know that's impossible. Let me tell you what it was. The, it says the average person, a man, well, some women are this tall, too. Average person is three armors, six feet. And it says Goliath, uh, who David killed, was twice the height of a man. He was six armors, 12 feet. And it says about the Anakim, and this week's Pasha describes them in the four different expressions. Anakim and the Philim and the Philim and Anakim. Four times Goliath's height. Goliath was... Six Amas, which is 12 feet, 12, 24, 48. They were 24? Yeah, uh, in 48 feet they were. 24 Amas, these Anakim. They were 48 feet tall. You know what that means? <laughs> That's awful big. And then one of the, uh, the, and the Anakim took a remon, a pomegranate, and ate the inside and threw the peel on the ground. You know what the Gemara says? All 12 Maraglim got inside the peel. Could they you imagine? In the, in, the stuff? And they were in the peel? Right, after the guy ate the stuff and threw the peel out. Could you imagine the size of these? So 48, they want to say, 24 amas is 48 feet, because you know every amas is two feet. The grapes uh, weighed like over 1,000 pounds. What? They're grapes in Israel. Yeah, they weighed 960 pounds. If you want me to prove it, I could do it, but I don't know if you're interested. Can you ask me another question? Yeah, I ask you another question. Um, um, uh... Okay, um, what kind of punishment did the Maraglim get? They didn't just... Dead. Their tongues what? became very long and worms crawled up and into their stomach. Into their tabur, that means their uh, belly button, that means their navel. You know why it stuck into the navel? Because they talked Lashon advanced Eretz Yisrael. And Eretz Yisrael is called the tabur shel olam, the navel of the whole world. Because a child, when he's inside the mother, nourishes from the umbilicus cord inside... And every country in the world nourishes from the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. So Eretz Yisrael is called Tabur Ha'olam, the navel of the world. They spoke against Eretz Yisrael. 
their, so their tongue went into their tabor, their navel, which is the belly button, they, from the outside. And worms and maggots and bugs crawled up their mouth, into their, you know, into their esophagus, down into the belly, out. They died a miserable death, took them 30 days to suffer. And you know why the tongue? Because they spoke Russian hard with the tongue, that's why. And Eicha is about the destruction of the base of Migdash, and these people wanted to ne- never let the people go, and Maragna didn't want them to come to Eicha soil, ever, to build the base of Migdash. Do you know that the, the third, second and third and the fourth chapter of Eicha, when it comes to the word um, pay, pay, you know, the pussy that starts to pay, Ayin pay. Usually uh, you have a, um, you know, Allah base Gimodama, Ayin pay. When you get to in, in the second, the third, and fourth chapter of Eichel, it's to pay before the iron. That refers to the chet of the Moroccan. They put their mouth before their eye. Iron is an eye. They didn't realize God is capable of bringing them in there. They put their mouth, pay, before the... They, they, put, they put the iron. But normally it's some iron pay. But in Eichel, the second, third, and fourth chapter, is not iron pay, it's pay iron. They put their pay. The mouth before they looked really if they can do it. And they, with Hashem, they could have done it. So Echo described, described the destruction of, of the base of Migdash, and that's what the uh, Moroccan didn't want you to get to hate Bears Yisrael. They wouldn't have a destruction. There wouldn't be a base of Migdash. They were the biggest Rishayim in the world. So therefore, Echo that talks about destruction and comes out on Tishbab, and this was the night of Tishbab when they came back. So in Echo, instead of iron pay, it's pay iron. They put their mouth, pair, before their eyes. Ay, and so why not in chapter Aleph and in chapter Hay? Because if you, how do you know that it's Samach I and Pei until you see it straight once? Then you can see the next chapters backwards. But first you have to see it straight once. So the first chapter, uh, capital of uh, Echa is I and Pei, and Bey's Gimel Dalit is Pei Ayin. And so how come the last capital is not? Like that, because the last capital, number five in Eichon, is the only chapter in all of Eichon that's out of order. It has 22 Pesukim, but they're not in order. Aleph is in order. Beis is in order, except for these two letters. Gimel Dalit, they're all in order. Aleph, Beis, Gimel Dalit, each one has 22 Pesukim. Can uh, I ask you a question? Go ahead. Um, how does the Tetzis remind you of all 613 mitzvahs? How does the what remind me? The tzitzit, when you look at tzitzit, how does it remind you of Oh, yeah, because tzitzit is 600 and the five, not an eight string. Oh. <laughs> see that? Now, if you look in the Chumash, you'll see that's written without a yud. So it's 590. So how can Rashi right on the spot over there say the tzitzit equals 600? Yeah. All right, so you, I'll just go to the next call, all right? All right, listen, very good. Uh, listen, uh, so uh, Hindi, uh, so you, um, so Arashi, right, if you look in the Chumash, it says without a Yud. So it's 590, but Rashi said it's 600. Answer is, you're right. Sitzes is Sali, Sadi Yud, Sadi Yud, Sof. But for a certain reason in the Torah, that one time, they leave out the second Yud. That does not mean that's how you spell the word. The word is spelled Sadi Yud, Sadi Yud, Sof. And Rashi says right on the spot, it's 600. Ah, it's missing a Yud. It's 590. I know the Torah has a reason for that. But that's not the way you spell the word. So you have CTs is 600, five knots and eight strings, 630. Very good. Okay. Tindy, so much. Okay, thank Esther. you. Esther, Esther, thanks for calling. All right, let's go. Next caller. Hello. Who's this? I don't want to say. What's your name? I don't want to say. Could you oh, you don't want to say. Okay. Where are you calling from? Just tell me what place you're calling from. New York. New York, okay. Brooklyn, New York? Yeah. Okay. What is your question? No, you ask me a question. Yeah. I want to ask you a question. What did they want to do with Moshe Rabbeinu? Did they like Moshe the Miraglim? No. What did they want to do with him? They wanted to kill him. Right. 100% right. And they wanted to kill uh, Kalev and Yoshua. Now, let me ask you, what's your, oh, don't have to say your name. Listen, how is it possible that you live in Brooklyn and I live in Muncie and we're Frommer and the Miraglim? No, the Miraglim were very, very righteous people. They what? just, I had a, I had a Navira, uh, the Sahara just took over them. But you mean are they worse than us? They are much, much greater. They were much greater, but how could they? But you don't want to kill your Rebbe? We thought that. 
that uh, Artistral is gonna is gonna take them away from Rochinius. You know something? I want to tell you something. But you're right. This is a very difficult question. You think us, we guys, are from it and the Moroccan? They wanted to kill Moshe. It said so. And then they wanted to kill, uh, what's the name, Kalev and Yeshua? And never bring the Bnei Israel into Eretz Yisrael? And they don't care about Hashem? How could it be that we today, <laughs> in what's this, 2014, we're more from the Moroccan? We don't want to kill uh, God will be Israel and Isaac. I want to tell you something. They were so great. They were called the Dordeo. They knew more than Hashem than any human being ever lived. Because they saw, they saw Matan Torah. They heard Matan Torah. They saw Kriyas Yamsuf. They saw Moshe Rabbeinu. They ate the man. How could it be that they're so bad? Let me tell you. Let me tell you what it's like. Let's say there's a diamond that's perfect. It has no flaws. It's worth a hundred thousand dollars. And one day, a tiny, tiny, little, tiny, little flaw, a little soul, comes. And so the diamond dealer says, "Oh, it's not a hundred thousand dollars. It's only five hundred dollars. It's ruined." You know why that diamond went down in price? It was so perfect. It had a tiny soul, a tiny defect. Therefore, it's not a gem anymore. These people were so great. One little suffix in their mind that could they get the Eretz Yisrael or not. A little one millionth percent suffix. It's like going against Hashem and hating Moshe Rabbeinu because they were so perfect. They saw Moshe Rabbeinu. They saw the Ten Makos. They saw Kriyas Yamsuf. They saw Matan Torah. They heard it. Do you think they're greater than us? Of course they were. We're nothing. But they had, they were so holy, so great, they had one tiny suffix in Hashem's ability. Therefore, like, the ruin to finished. Like, you wear a white dress, a white suit, a white thing, and you have one little black mark on the collar. Finished! It's over! That's garbage! Unless you clean it. That's what it means when you're perfect, and you have one little soul. It's magnified many, 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 many times. There was this called the Dordeo. They knew more than anyone. Right. When you're a very big person, you can go right down to the bottom very easy. When you are when you are climbing the top of the mountain, when you're on the tip, if you walk, don't watch your step, you're going to fall down 1,000 feet. But if you only walked up 20 feet, <laughs> so how much are you going to fall down? If you didn't amount to anything, you won't, you won't, when you're doing a there, it's no big deal either. But if you're so perfect... You could come, you go all the way down. In English, they say the taller you are, the harder you fall. If you're very perfect and you have one little soul, mm, that's very bad. Like the diamond that was $100,000, now it's worth $500. It's nothing. It's finished. Okay, like a woman, you know, women like their hair, never to get caught in the rain. I just have the shadal job, you know, for $100. You go out in the rain in five seconds, oh, it's finished. Yeah. That's, what, <laughs> that's exactly what happens. You're so perfect, a shadal job, and, and then the rain comes down, you're done. You're over, it's gone. <laughs> that's how great people are. You do one, you did one of or you're you ruined. Okay, hey, Esther, thank you so much. Thank oh, you. you're not Esther, you're anonymous. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Okay, yeah. next caller, please. Hello? Hello, who is this? Rabbi Yosef Yes. David, speak, I want to give you a chidush. Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? David, David. Uh, what's, how do you say, what, I can't hear that. What, what? what is your name? Mashim Khan. My name is David. Oh, David. Go ahead, David. So I said, uh, Shrach Lecha, how much is Shrach no, 358 is Mashiach. Oh, 358, and there's 368. Bekoach. Bekoach is 30. Bekoach. Oh, oh, very good. Oh, Bekoach, very good. Bekoach, Mashiach. So he has a person who didn't want to bring me Mashiach. Very
The reason why we didn't want to go to the land is because we wanted to leave the Ruchniut. Only the man was working the land. And Hashem said, no, Dirab Mekachtonim, we have to make Dirab down here, not there. That's why we didn't want to go. We had good intention. That's why we spoke this way. We had good intention. David, that's very good. I'm glad you called. Thank you so much. Good chidush. Let's go to the next caller. Who is this? Yehuda. Yehuda, go ahead. You're on the air. Can you ask me a question that I want to see for? Yeah, I can ask you. Um, who was the worst of all the Miraglim? There's a certain guy. He was the worst one. It. You know what his name is? Ooh. Can I tell you? Remember what I'm going to tell you. His name was Gadi Ben Susi. Lamate Yosef, Lamate Menashe. You know why they, 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 he's worse? Because they made fun of his name. Gadi means a gidi, a goat, the son of a horse. You think a horse can have a goat as a child? No. They're making fun of him. They said in the Gemara that all these guys had disgusting names. We only know two of them. One is Gadi Ben Susi, goat, the son of a horse, because he came up with this terrible idea that the land kills its inhabitants. Eres Ocheles Esyoshveho. Wherever the Moroccan went, they saw people going to the funeral, to the cemetery, burying the people. They said, look, we can't come here. The land is killing the people. Gadi Ben Susi said that. Uh, so he called, they, the Torah calls his name Gidi. Gadi is like a like God, God, a, a, a goat, the son of a horse. The horses do not have goats, and when the horses have babies, the horses they're not goats. But they made fun of Gadi Ben Susi, the Mate Menashe, and they blame him for that. Then there's another name. There's one more they know. Uh, what they call him? Uh, like another one, Nachbi Ben Vavsi. He wanted to cover up. Hashem's greatness, Vavsi. He wanted he wanted to nullify Hashem. So we only know two or three of them. But really, the worst guy was Gadi Ben Susi, Lemate Menashe, and you. That's that. He was the worst guy. And how many bad Miraglim were there? Twelve. Twelve. Ten. Ten bad ones. Two good ones, right? Yeah. Who were the two good ones? Kalev and Pinchas. No. Kalev is correct, but the other one is not Pinchas. No, doesn't say that. Um, Maybe in your homage, but doesn't say in my homage. Uh-uh, uh-uh. You're talking about the Haftorah. And the Haftorah was different, but in the Sedra was um, Kalev and Yehoshua. Okay. And Yehoshua's name was Hoshea. Moshe gave him an extra letter. Yehoshua means part of Hashem's name. God should help you. And and so it helped him. He didn't talk Lashon Hara. And Kalev, he didn't have to give him any bracha. He also didn't talk Lashon Hara. You know why? Because Kalev was very loyal to Hashem, like a dog is very loyal to his master. Kalev, Kalev. Kalev, all heart. A dog will never go against his master. The most loyal animal a man can have who will do everything he says is a Kalev. Kalev, and he would never go against Hashem. And he went to Hebron, Kalev, and he stretched out on the caver of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and Adam is there, on the four Chaverim. That's why he went to Kiryas Arba, the city of four. Four uh, Tzadikim were there. Oh, yeah, there were four giants there, too. And they were physical giants. And Adam... Uh, Adam and Avram Yisrael Yaakov were Ruchniyistika giants. That's why it's called Hebron, where the Chaverim live. The Kiryas Arba, the city of the four great giants. Physical giants? These Maragni were physical. And Avram Yisrael Yaakov and Adam were the greatest human being giants ever. They were in Ruchniyist great. Okay, now we ask yeah, you one more question. Yeah. Okay, What's that? I want a CD for it. Oh, CD, well, you have to answer one of the questions. What, okay. what did you answer? Oh, to question, you have to answer something. Here, how much did the, bun, the Eshkol and Avim weigh? 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 100 pounds, 200 pounds, 100. 500 pounds? What do you think? 100. No, much more than that. 960 pounds. You're too young, I can't explain it to you, but it was 960 pounds. Now, there's no pounds in the Gemara. I know, we start with eggs. Every egg 
in the world today, an average egg, not small, not large, every regular large egg is two ounces. And, you know, there's uh, if you figure it out, you can come out to the Eshkol, was 960 pounds, one bunch of grapes, one bunch, and took eight men to carry it, the Gemara, the Chumash says. There was two poles, two guys on the end of each pole, that's eight people, carrying one bunch of grapes. And we know how much it was, it was about 960 pounds, one bunch, Eshkol Shalanavim, and they called the valley Nachal Eshkol. Why? Who, who said there, in Avram's time, it was called Nachal Eshkol. It's not because they took the grapes, it was called Nachal Eshkol. It was called in, in the Chumash Bereshis, okay, Nachal Eshkol. The reason why it's called Nachal Eshkol, because the Torah said in Bereshis, one day, the Meraglim are going to take from this place, and then uh, it's going to be called Nachal Eshkol. We call it already Nachal Eshkol. And um, Eshkol was Avram's friend, because he had three friends. On their Eshkol and Mamre. So Eshkol lived there in this town of, so they call it later, when Torah calls it uh, Nachal Eshkol, but it was really didn't get the name till the Moraglim. Anyhow, uh, Yehuda. Ask me one more question. Yeah, I ask you, what's the Gematria of your name? Can I call back in a minute? Yeah, call me back right away when you figure it out. All right, who's the next caller? No more callers? Oh boy. Huh? I'll get a number. Okay. Here, the number over here in the studio to call me, and uh, it's 718-683-5858. The first guy that calls gets a CD. 718-683-5858. First caller gets a CD. Okay, Yehuda, you're going to call me back and tell me what the gematria of Yehuda is? Oh, he knows what it is. Go ahead, Yehuda. What is it? 25. No, wrong. Yeah, as Yud is 10, and 5 is 15. Vav is 6, Dalit and He is 9. So 15 and 6 is 21, and 21 and 9 is 30. Yes, one more. Yeah. How much is Yehuda backwards in Gematria? 29. <laughs> 30. <laughs> because Yud and He is 15, and Vav is 6, that's 21. And Dalit and He is 9. So 21 and 9 is 30. Backwards or forwards? You can say 1, 2, 3 is 6, and 3, 2, 1 is 6. Okay, I ask you another question. Yehuda, one more question. Uh, here, about the Cedra. Um, mm, mm, um, what punishment did they get because they spoke Lush and Horror? They didn't get Saras. They should have, because Saras is about Lashon Hara, but they didn't get it. What punishment did they get? They were the feet uh, fell off. Maybe the feet were broken, because they went there to Israel with their feet. Maybe they, they should have knocked out their teeth or cut off their tongue. What punishment did they get? Okay. Will you call back? I'll give you a CD, okay? Find the answer. Okay. okay. All right, number nine. Who's the next caller? Naomi, you're on the air. Go ahead. Um, no, I'm I mean, not going to You have an answer? Good. What is the answer? That 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 tongue is too long and and words closed on it. I can't hear. What's the que- what's the question? Are you answering? The one that you asked. Um, what happened? That what was the punishment? Yeah. What would you, what did you say? That that the tongue grew up to the. Stomach and worms um, ate them and they swallowed them, and they died. The, the stomach, their tongue went down to the stomach, outside or inside? In outside. And where did it stick into the stomach? Where? The belly. And the belly. Very good. You get a CD. Okay, hang on. The engineer is going to give you a CD. Okay. Okay. All right. Next, who else is on the line? Yehuda. Yehuda, go ahead. Yeah, Yehuda? Okay, next one. No more. Okay. Uh, let's go a few more minutes. We have three more minutes. Let me tell you, anyone there who is above 15 can figure out why the Eshkol Anavim weighed 960 pounds. You want to know why? Look at Rashi, Pesach of Gimel. If you want to know, Rashi said, how much it weighs, 
Well, it says like this. These, they, when at the end of 40 years, they took out these boulders from the Yardin, and they set it up on the other side as a monument, 12 boulders. They took, left 12 boulders inside the Yardin, took out another set, set it, set it up in Gilgal, and each boulder, it said, weighed Memsa'o. Memsa'o is the amount of water in a mikvah. A so'o is three gallons. 40 times 3 is 120 gallons. Now, we know that a water without the container weighs 8 pounds a gallon, 24 gallons, 40 times 24. You know how much that is? Anyone can figure that out? Hmm? 40 times 3 gallons, 120 gallons, and 8 times 120 gallons is 960 gallons. And they had 8 people carrying it. So how much is 8 into 960? 120. And it says in the Gemara, every man can carry one-third of his weight. So if they carried 120, they must have weighed each one of them 360. And they carried 120, one-third, a shlish uh, of your weight. And 8 times 120 is 960. And how you know it was 960? Because it says every boulder was equal to the Eshkel Anavim. And, 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 and the boulders were memsa'o, 40 times 3 gallons, 120 gallons. And every gallon, is three, uh, every gallon is 8 pounds of water. Oil is heavier. Milk is lighter. Oil is thicker. Uh, water is 8 pounds. If you do the math, it comes out that um, the mikvah is 120 gallons, 40 times 3, you know, 120 is the minimum mikvah. Rashi says that uh, so'o is 2 gallons. Okay, so the, the eshkol didn't weigh 960. It weighed 700 pounds. That's pretty big for one a bunch of grapes, <laughs> 700 and pounds for one bunch of grapes. So the people weren't 360, they weighed 200. They still picked up one-third of their weight. <sighs> As she tells you how to do it, most people don't know even how much 5 times 6 is, you know? Some people don't know. They have to get their computer out to do 5 times 6. Today we have this on the phone. You use a calculator. Then you have a little uh, whatever, a little calculator. People tell you how much is 16 times 20. They have to get their calculator out. 16 times 10 is 160, and 20 is double that. That's all. 160 times 20. Why do you need a calculator? What's wrong with the brain? Most of our brains went to sleep when the calculator came out. You know what they said about Shavuos? The boys stay up all Shavuos night, and you know, and they, you know, and they go to sleep the next day. You know when they wake up? Chodesh Elul. That's a joke. <laughs> Rabbi Isai, it is five o'clock. Wonderful talking to you. This is Yosef Chaim Schwab on the program. Gigantic little secrets of the Torah on JRootRadio.com. dot com. and Zaygezun.